Hello, I'm Deborah Knight from Nine Honey, and this is Honey Mums, a podcast all about keeping it real when it comes to being a parent, celebrating the good, the average, and the wonderful. Our guest this week, journalist and soon-to-be new mum, Natalia Cooper, on the surprises that come with being pregnant for the first time. You're just not the same as you were before, and you have to adjust a little bit. Don't lick that. The throwaway line from Joe Abbey's new babysitter that triggered a much deeper debate. And I just went, hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who was licking what? Yeah. Some Halloween food hacks from Nine Honey Kitchen's Jane DeGraff, Sandy Ray on a complex issue, should you put images of your kids on social media? Young children can't consent and, of course, can't imagine how their future selves will be perceived. And a spooky session from my kids in honour of Halloween. <laughs> It's all ahead on Honey Mums. Honey Mums! Now, there's nothing more exciting or terrifying, frankly, than having your first baby. Whether you've been trying for a while or it's a surprise, finding out that you are pregnant and seeing your body change as you nurture that new life is something really special. We seem to be quite the baby factory, really, here at Channel 9. And my latest colleague and friend expecting her first bub is journalist and Today Show weather presenter Natalia Cooper. Natalia, welcome to Honey Mums. Oh, thank you, Deb. Thanks for having me. So, How's it all going? Tell us how far along are you with the pregnancy and uh, how you're feeling? Yeah, so I'm in my 25th week now, which is six months pregnant. So it sounds crazy to, to say that. And um, yeah, the, the weeks seem to be going past pretty quickly and it's all going well. Um, baby's Touch doing wood great. all around yeah, you. So far, so good. Uh, the baby's doing really well inside there. It's really active and moving around a lot. And the thing that's been really cool over the last couple of weeks um, is the movements. So we've been able to, you know, really feel the movements and I can see my belly moving, which is all sorts of weird and, you know, weird and wonderful together, I guess. And um, my husband's been able to, you know, touch my tummy and feel the movements as well, which is so nice because then it really, you know, brings your partner into it as well and makes them super excited about it too. It's really so. great. And your partner, Carl, is, is such a lovely guy and I know that he's he's just ex- as excited about all of this as you are. In terms of the, the finding out you're pregnant, give us some background and some idea about because uh, you recently married mm-hmm. and obviously having children was always on yeah. the on the horizon for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. We've always wanted to have kids. It was just working out the timing of it all and I, I don't think there's ever the perfect time. I think you just have to go for it and obviously, um, you know, the time is, you know, of, of the essence, I guess, as a woman, you don't have forever either. So we just uh, gave it a go and, um, yeah, and found out we were pregnant uh, back in uh, June. I think it was. I know, it's sort of all a blur. It becomes a blur, doesn't it? It does. Um, And, yeah, obviously we're so, so excited and so happy and it's it's a wonderful thing to be able to fall pregnant and and have a child. So, yeah, we um, obviously found out and, yeah, went from there really and it's all just – it's all happened, and you it's, had it's a, bit a, a, a bit of a a bit of a holiday recently with your with your mum, mm. and you managed to to catch up with your family who who live a lot of them in, in Western yeah. Australia. How are they all feeling about this? Oh, they're all so excited. My um, my mum's been wonderful. She's such a great support uh, throughout this whole journey because it is it's a crazy journey. It's a it's a bit of a roller coaster, really, pregnancy, um, and and so much changes in your life and your body. Um, so mum's been really wonderful with that. So is my sister. She's already got two kids. She's got a little 
boy who's almost three, Louis, and Emily is 11 months old yesterday. Um, so, so you've been she, having lots of practice as a yeah. as a with your niece and yeah. you know, as an auntie. As an auntie, I think, especially because it's your sister and you, you know, we're so close. So um, it's been really good to grow, you know, watch those two grow up and and help out. Uh, my sister, and she's really good at helping me out and talking me through everything and what I do and don't need, you know, because I think as a first-time mum, you probably buy all this stuff that you don't need. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, she's, yeah, she's given me some clothes. So I think the baby's pretty much sorted until it's, you know, at least three months old now. Um, so it was really nice to see them on my break. I spent a bit of time in Perth and a bit of time with my mum up in uh, the north of WA. And, uh, yeah, so next they'll be visiting me because I, I I don't think I'll be able to make it back before. You'll you'll have to comes. take all yeah. the help that you can get when they arrive, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. And obviously, as a as a first time mum, as you say, it, you, you don't really know what to expect. Mm. A lot of the you, you know you can read up on mm. things, and if you've got family and friends who who have had children before. But from your point of view, what's has there been anything that sort of surprised you about? being pregnant along the way that you hadn't anticipated? Yeah, I just, I guess it's hard to know until it actually happens to you. But yeah, I just, I I don't think you realise how much your body goes through a change and it becomes about caring for this little human inside of you. And, um, you know, you kind of take a bit of a backseat for a while. So yeah, it's been, it's been, you know, it's been good. There's been obviously ups and downs. It's not all roses, but um, yeah, just all the little things. Um, Wow. Hormonal changes and dry skin and yeah. you know, needing to go to the bathroom a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't want to get into too much detail about that kind of stuff. Um, but, but physically, you, physically you, you, you sort change. of go through a lot of yeah. different changes, don't you? And really tired and, and sort of that fatigued feeling like you just need to stop and rest. And I'm such an action-packed person. You know, obviously my job involves a lot of traveling and jumping from here to there. And you kind of realize you're not – you know, you're just not the same as you were before and you have to adjust a little bit and and sort of take your foot off the pedal a little bit and just slow down because you really do need to care for this child inside of you and make sure that you're at your optimum health. So, and obviously it suppresses your immune system a bit being pregnant and yep. all these And then you can't take you can't anything realize. if you've got you the take, flu. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. No yeah. more yeah. Uh, cold and flu tablets <laughs> or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've been lucky in terms of morning sickness. That's something my sister had really, really badly. So, I thought I would get that as well. I did have some. It was, you know, the first 12 weeks aren't, aren't uh, that pleasant, but um. It yeah, thankfully it wasn't as bad as her. So that's you know one thing, and uh, yeah, everything else we're just figuring it out as we go along. And uh, there's more to come. Everyone says the third trimester's the hardest, maybe. <laughs> so yeah, that's ahead of me. That's only a couple of weeks away. But I'm, I'm so excited. I just want to meet the baby. Like that's the best bit. Yeah, getting to the end. Getting to the getting end. To exactly. Meet your little ones. So. And we we know that with the the royal couple being in Australia with the tour with Prince and Meghan and with Meghan being pregnant, mm. she has had to take time out of mm. what's been a really busy schedule for her because yep. of the fatigue, because being tired. As you said, your job is full on. You do a lot of travel and, mm. and you know presenting the weather with the Today Show. It's an action-packed segment that you Mm do. How have you managed that with you? Because a lot of working mothers who would listen to the podcast, you know, everyone sort of has to make changes to their routine. From your point of view, how have you sort of had to make some changes to to your work schedule as well? Yeah, I think um, work's been great. Uh, Everyone at Nine's been so supportive and so wonderful, you know, sort of helping me through navigate this new time in my life. Um, And, yeah, we work – 
you know, obviously it's a very busy job. You're traveling around, doing all sorts of things. But just of late, we're just slowing it down just a little bit. Not as much travel, um, you know, not as much time away from home mm. and uh, just easing easing off a little bit as we get closer because there's not too long to go. I know, so. the time goes really, yeah. really quickly. So what are you most looking forward to about having this new bub in your having life? The ba- yeah, having the baby. So I'm really excited about that. I can't wait to see the, my child, I think that's, you know, you know what's in there. You see the little ultrasound photos and, you know, even the 3D ones, which are a bit strange. Yeah, a bit spooky, you know, yeah. <laughs> but it's still nice to see. But to actually see your child, hold it in your arms, you know, those things, I think that's so precious and I just, I can't wait. I can't wait until it. I hate calling it it. It's like, I know. Till, it's a, till they. they the, there's not two there's not two till, till the child, the, the, the yeah. wonderful child. Yeah, I mean, I'm ready for it. Bring well, it on. Well, we are ready to see this new baby as well and I had bags of cuddle because oh, I can't wait. I think you'll be a wonderful mum. But congratulations <laughs> thank and you. thank you so much. We'll check in with you, I think, after after Bubba arrives yeah, and see absolutely. how you're travelling. Oh, we'll see how we go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Natalia. Now, one of the challenges of being a parent is finding a good babysitter, finding one who's reliable, who you can trust. It's not an easy task. And even when you do, you, well, I do at least, find yourself calling in just to check that everything is okay at home. And Joe, Abby, you had an interesting experience when you dialed into your babysitter recently. What happened? <laughs> yes, I did. So, school holidays as a single mum my first time and I had to hire help. There was no way I was going to be able to work and have three children. I mean, I've called in all the favours from my sister and my mum. They're very tired. Well, hang on, you've dropped the kids off and left. Yeah, <laughs> let, let's be yes. realistic. But however, continue. <laughs> so, I rang an agency and I said, look, I need a casual babysitter to help me during the school holidays and unfortunately when you get a casual babysitter you're not going to get the same person so I pretty much left my children with three strangers across a two-week period just hoping it'd be okay I mean the website said they were police checked and criminal checked and all of that so I figured it'd be okay they weren't to leave the house which is fine so um, the second babysitter arrived week two because the first babysitter had gone to her real job and I just really said hi quickly left for work hi Hi, kids mummy loves you my progeny take care got to got to work and thought huh i better check in and i rang and we're having a chat how are the kids she said they're great this that whatever and in the middle of the conversation she goes no don't lick that <laughs> i've just gone and then she came back on the phone and just kept talking and then i'm gonna make this for lunch and that and i just went hang on whoa, whoa, whoa. who was licking what yeah. like what is going on on. Like I felt like she'd said put the knife down. Like I was really alarmed. In my head I thought, are they licking a battery? Yeah, are they licking each other? On? It could have been anything. It turned out Katarina had picked up a spoon that had been dipped in salt and was licking that. Right. Um, Katarina just loves salt and salad dressing and every sour flavour. So that made sense. But it sort of made me think, you know, that goes on the list of things you don't want to hear your babysitter say <laughs> when you ring to check on the yeah. kids. Hey, don't lick that. But, uh, you know, yeah. exactly. It should have been, hey, don't lick that spoon with salt. With salt on it, You would have been totally 100% down with that. Look, she's a casual though. She clearly doesn't understand how paranoid parents are. And I must say, my first experience hiring help to look after my kids, it wasn't too bad. At the end of the day, they were reasonably happy, alive. They may have had a little too much salt. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's okay. And you do get used to it. I found that I started getting used to it and sort of trusting the process. Well, I think, and you have to give up 
that sort of sense of, I mean, obviously you have to take those those measures to ensure that they do have the, the police check and all the rest of it. But you know, sure. outsourcing is an essential part of modern parenting. So, you know, don't, feel, don't bring any guilt upon yourself for I'm doing it. I'm sorry. It's yeah, got to be done. I think because that story had a happy ending, I don't feel guilty. But if it had been a battery or something yeah. dangerous, I'd be like, I can never do this yeah, again. Exactly. But, but she's okay. She's all good. She's totally fine. She just needs to hydrate. Okay, good. Thanks, Jane. I don't know what's happening at your place, but there have been plenty of zombies and witches roaming the streets of my neighbourhood for Halloween. My kids love dressing up and diving into the lolly stash after trick-or-treating, and I reckon it's a really great thing, bringing neighbours together for a bit of family fun. It also got me wondering what my kids thought about the idea of ghosts and ghouls. So, Else, what are you going to dress up as for Halloween? A black cat. A black cat? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think black cats are a bit scary? Well, they give bad luck, Mm -hmm. so they're they're not scary, but they're bad. Yeah, they're a bit of a Halloween thing, aren't they? Mm Mm-hmm. And what do you think about all the decorations that you see around on the houses? Because your teacher's decorated her classroom, hasn't she? Uh Uh-huh. What's she got in her classroom? She got this really scary telephone that you ring, and it's like a really old telephone. And then it says something creepy like, come with me to the grave or look behind you. Really? Yeah, that's kind of creepy. Does it say in a creepy voice? Mm-hmm. Do it as though it says it. I'm coming for you. So, Das, Halloween, what are you going to dress up as? Um, the devil. The devil, why? Because the devil's really creepy and instead of his trident, I'm going to have him with a sledgehammer. A sledgehammer? And... A suit on. You're going to wear a suit, so you're yeah. a devil wearing a suit. Wow, that sounds pretty cool. So just quickly then, do you believe in ghosts? Yeah, kind of. Because, like, maybe they're just invisible to humans. Could be. So, Audie, what are you going to dress up as for Halloween? The flower one. You're going to put flowers in your hair? Yeah. And you're going to wear the little outfit, the dress with the skeletons on it? Yeah. And what do you know what you do at Halloween? Yeah. You go around to the houses... And you say, trick or treat. Trick or treat. And then they give you lollies. Yeah. Happy Halloween. Honey mums. The following podcast is rated F for fail. Hello, I'm Shelley Horton from Nine Honey and I hate failing. Most people do, but I really want to get better at it. So I've chatted to some of Australia's most successful women about moments in their career and personal lives where they've come an absolute cropper. And rather than pull the doona over their head and never come out again, they bounce back. Hit subscribe on iTunes or your favourite podcast app and strap yourself in for a whole lot of failing fabulously. Halloween has never really been that big in Australia, but it is slowly becoming a big feature on our calendar. October 31, in certain suburbs, you can find the streets swarming with the kids all dressed up in all the costumes, all the ghosts and the ghouls, and Halloween is pretty much here, which I think is fantastic. And Jane DeGraff, host of the podcast What the F is for Dinner, and food editor of Nine Honey Kitchen is here to share some Halloween food hacks. Jane, welcome to Honey Mums. Oh, thanks for having me. It's lovely to be here. I love this idea because 
because Halloween is growing in popularity. I think it's wonderful. I think it's great. Look, it's funny because in my house growing up, we didn't we didn't do Halloween. My mum considered it an American tradition, yeah. and so we didn't. Really Even though do it's it Celtic, it's not at all American. Exactly. And I was just like, as a kid, I was fascinated by it, and I loved the idea of you know going around and sharing treats with people. So now that I've got kids, it's you know it's all on in our house for Halloween. We've always done it. I think it's it's loads of fun, and for me, it's just a chance to dress up and celebrate and really get into the spirit of things. Having said that. Not everyone's got time to do it because it often, you know, like like any day that, that is on a specifically set day of the calendar, it can fall in the middle of the week, which exactly. it does this year. It does this year. So you, I mean, lots of families do go out trick-or-treating, but there are families who get together. So yeah. you've got some great ideas for d- actually eating, which is what it's all about. Exactly. Because, uh, you know, like everyone likes to do the trick-or-treating gifting. But what I've found is I, I like to bake for Halloween, but not everyone has time. And last year I didn't have time. And so I found a couple of really neat little nifty tricks that you can do if you are just walking in the door from work and still want to be involved. Love it. Time and saving. Exactly. So no baking in these ones. These are just store-bought things that you that you put together to make them look Halloween-y and there's even a healthy one thrown in there. So should I just launch, Do, launch go. into them? Okay, so my first and favourite one is decorating uh, gingerbread like skeletons because what you can get is from your bakery you can usually get undecorated gingerbread men and then all you need to do is get some white pipeable icing which you can either buy at the store or you can whip up with an egg white and some icing sugar and pipe it on in the shape of a skeleton which is so easy that the kids can do it because it's basically a stick man with some ribs drawn on. Wow. And it looks so good. I brought a picture with me which is no we'll good for... We'll put it up on the website though. Yeah. That is fantastic. It's so effective and it doesn't take anything and the kids can do it. There's no colouring in the icing. There's nothing and you can get it done in all of about 15 minutes and huzzah, look at this creative thing that we all did together as a family that took no time at all. Wow. So that one's easy but even less time again and this is hands down my favourite. Have you heard about the lychee eyeballs? have not heard about the lychee eyeballs <laughs> but I am now envisaging it and think it's going to be fabulous. <laughs> it's great. Tin of lychees, which they come pre-skinned, pre-stoned, everything, and a, a little box of blueberries. That is all you need. You empty out your lychees, you pop a blueberry inside the lychee. It looks dead set like a real-life eyeball. That is so cool. Straight away. If you drop that into some red cordial, if you you know, okay with the sugar content, if you drop that into some red or, uh, cordial and An it eyeball in around, blood. Eyeball in blood. Or you can just <laughs> squeeze some strawberries over the top and that looks like blood too. The kids love it and if you're not doing the, the cordial version, so healthy. It's just a little fruit You snack. just put a bowl of it anyway and, yeah. and then they can kind of take it out and eat it. That's, it's so effective, like so quick and it's healthy when there's a lot of sugar going around at that time of year. And then the very very last one which is super easy again is just you get some cupcakes or some muffins again just from the supermarket or your bakery and you can either get them just with plain icing on top or you can get some store bought icing and pop it on top and then to make little spiders all you need to do is get two Maltesers, pop them on as the body and get, then get some chocolate coated pretzels or some licorice What's some bits. chocolate bullets? Yeah, and put the little legs on uh-huh. around the outside and it instantly look like, looks like spiders. The kids can do it. Again, five minutes and you're done. And it's all so just cool. stuff you can pick up quickly on the way home if you need to. And you can give that out as the trick or treating or you can just have yeah. it at home. Absolutely. A little cake plate of them looks amazing. We have a video of it at, at Nine Honey this week actually. Shows you how to do them all and how effective it is with very little effort, which is what I love. Minimal effort and maximum result. Mm. Welcome to Honey Mums. We love that. <laughs> it's what we're all about, right? And the kids can do it, which is what I love the most. Love it. Happy Halloween, Jane. Happy Halloween. I'll be out there in my full face of makeup scaring all the kids. Just you watch. (laughs) Hi, it's Sandy Ray, Nine Honey Mum's favourite psychologist. This week's topic is probably going to make some of you squirm just a little. Sharing photos of your kids on social media, is it okay? I think there are a number of determinants here which are really important to make this decision. The age of your child, 
the veracity with which you post pictures and the reasons you post pictures of your children. Oversharing is where parents place many pictures and comments about their child on social media for everyone to see. Probably the most overarching concern is that there's the argument that this is a real breach of confidentiality and privacy, and by virtue of that, is intrusive, because young children can't consent, and of course, can't imagine how their future selves will be perceived. Research suggests that oversharing is fueled by heightened emotions of physical or psychological arousal, i.e. anger, pain, happiness. Our own mental and physical states encourage oversharing. So this is a really interesting point. And again, I'm talking about young children posting pictures where they don't have the capacity to agree to parents. So it's driven by parents' mental state. Parents are leaving digital footprints in the misguided belief that it's for the kids, when in reality, it's often for themselves. Online, we're operating in a vacuum, and the breaks that should be applied are often not there. Oversharing is often used for mummy jacking, where parents use social media to big note about themselves or their children. By default, they then put down other parents. You wouldn't know what it's like to have three children in two years. You don't know how hard I work. Look at my beautiful child and all the latest clothes, etc., etc. So we have to be really, really careful. There's a lot of consequences for children with oversharing, and one is that it creates a public persona for the child. We're telling the world who our children are, and because that record will never be erased, there's a view of them frozen in time. When you show pictures of your child having tantrums or naked or doing something inappropriate, that is going to be forever with them. Children need to create their own persona without trailing behind them the legacy of their parents' view. By oversharing, parents are creating an online reputation for themselves and for the children. Let's not dismiss that oversharing is also a function of parent behaviour. So, very quickly, advice for parents. You need to reflect carefully about how you would feel if your parents posted pictures of you. Be mindful of your mood state when you are posting pictures, especially in light of the research. Parents have set the precedent of posting behaviour online, then it has the potential to thwart the child or the adolescent from choosing what they want to post online. Some critics think it's very bad manners and a sign of parental precociousness. So be very careful what you choose, what you want to filter, and the reasons you are posting pictures. The thing with being a parent is when you think you're starting to get the hang of it, a new stage comes along and knocks you for six. My kids are going through a bit of a wild and willful stage, we'll call it at the moment. That's me being polite at least. And my hubby and I have been wondering if we need to reassess our approach to laying down the law. So, in the interests of mining you for information, what happens at your place? What do you find is the best way to discipline your kids? Not really disciplining, but if I want like my daughter to like pack away her toys or something I'll kind of turn it into a game so like you know we'll sing a song while we're putting toys away in like the toy box so she doesn't realize that she's doing a chore and she's you know 
putting our toys away. We have a naughty spot in the hall where if you've done something wrong, you have to go and sit there and think about what you've done. And the good thing about this is that now they know that it happens. So if they've done something really wrong and they know they've done something wrong, they often just take themselves to that spot now and sit and have some time out. Well, at the moment, they're pretty out of control. So I'd say that, you know, I'm not one for major success, but um, generally we, we pretty much send them to their rooms, let them calm down for as long as possible um, or either threaten them with banning iPads or any kind of technology. The best nuclear deterrent that I could use is threatening to reduce iPad time on the weekend. But brings people into line very quickly. What I'd try and do is preempt the bad behaviour by getting their cues as to when they're going to lose it and um, and so that sort of staves off the bad behaviour. But then of course they will lose it at certain times and if that's the case we have a naughty chair out the back. I'd love to hear from you. Share your stories on our Nine Honey Facebook page and we'd love your feedback on our question as well of who inspired you when you were younger. Marie says, My mum, she raised 11 of us. We were born so close together out in the hills. No power, limited utensils, etc. No other help. I'll always be so proud of her for keeping us together and raising us with no help. She is one in a million. We love our mums, don't we? Nadia says, Luke Skywalker. Basima says, My dad. Melissa, my sister Cheryl, and Rue says my dad as well. Lots of dads inspiring us. Good to see. Share your stories on our Nine Honey Facebook page. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, leave a review, and head to the Nine Honey website for more great advice and information. And we'll hear more stories on parenting next week on Honey Mums.